Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Renderos Brothers. We are back. I am Sam, and this is Mike. Mike. You know, <laughs> I, we'll go with his uh, semi-legal name. Uh, as always, you can find us on Mike Anchor. Waka, <laughs> whatever you want to call me. Don't fucking matter. Uh, Anchor.fm slash the Renderos Bros. Uh, gives us all the links out. You can find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, however you want to find us. I forget that iTunes is gone, but I don't have Apple. So no, iTunes is... Wait. iTunes is technically gone. Like, it's just... Uh, or I think it's just called... Yeah, it's not iTunes. It's just called Podcast, the app. Yeah, and so it's now Apple Podcasts. Go find us there. Rate us. Uh, subscribe. Write a review. Uh, we're going to start this week by talking about two films that we both watched. Yeah, but first, <laughs> Sam, what's up, man? How you been? How's the week been? Uh, the week's been okay, man. I've just been staying home, you know, just uh, avoiding going outside, only for groceries. That's all I really head out for. Nice. to put gas in the car. Um, you know, chilling at home, playing a lot of uh, Grand Theft Auto and uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay. Uh, play with my boy, uh, Charlie. Nice. We got second place. Um, Charlie, hopefully, will come on the on the show. Uh, Eventually, once once quarantine gets lifted and it's safer to, to be able to do all this within uh, within reason, uh, definitely going to have him come on because he's an idiot and I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that cat. He's a cool uh, cat. Um, yeah, no, he, he'll, he'll admit that he's an idiot. He Don't. says some shit that's just like, what? Wait, what, what the fuck did you just say? What I always... Uh, I like him. Uh, he's fucking funny, dude. What I, always poke, what I always poke fun of him... Uh, like to make fun of him about is his sentence structure sometimes he'll mix up phrases like instead of saying honest uh, to god he'll be like honest to truth i'm like that's not that's not how you say it you know and stuff like that you gotta do like a banana and leave for, <laughs> <laughs> for a long time there was a uh, one word that he would use to describe everything uh-huh. oh that food phenomenal oh that pussy phenomenal oh that shit oh, was that, phenomenal it, 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 phenomenal and for everything. Something like a phenomenon. <laughs> was a look. So okay. I had to be. I had to tell him like, "Yo, dude, I need you to stop using that word." And <laughs> thank you, please. So look up "phenomenal" in the dictionary. Or wait, wait, hold on. It's uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> I forget what the fucking thesaurus. The thesaurus. <laughs> and it'll give you a couple more, uh, a couple uh, different words that mean the same thing, buddy. Yeah. And there and you so, go. Give you a uh, different yeah, ways buddy. of expressing oh, no. yourself. I checked out also. Uh, I checked out a letter, Kenny Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking funny, dude. That show's hilarious. I've only gotten uh, two episodes in, but oh, fucking hilarious. The, the show is so clever about the wordplay. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I like back it and a lot forth between all the laughing. cast. And it's 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 relatively, you know, which I think is makes it more difficult. That it's mostly single settings. There's four of them around, four or more people, and they're just having a conversation. Kind yeah. of like just living their life, like as if you would live your life in a small town. Yeah, and just. The the one liners get constantly. Yeah, and it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking one liners, constant go, uh, go, uh, little things being thrown here, here and there. It, it's throwbacks it's, to old jokes yeah. in the show, and then bringing it back around to new stuff. It, it's been pretty. I love that show. I've seen it from start to finish twice, and I've actually started it a third time. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, I really thoroughly love that show. Um, you know, I know it's not for everybody. But I I, I I I highly regard it. And then you find yeah, out after like, you told me that uh, Brad Pitt gave it a shout out. I was like, yeah, I gotta check this out. Yeah, and he was walking the red carpet. I'm not I'm, and, I'm not that fucking the best at judge shows. But once a big time guy like that says it, besides you know, I get I and get, he's a producer too. Yeah. Like he's a producer. And I he, get your your recommendation, but you know we still don't have the same taste in movies. Sometimes I like no, some, some you, stupid dumb down stuff at times, and you don't. I I'm not a big fan of stupid dumb down stuff. It's I'm very picky. Like. Um, the f- the first film we're going to talk about is yeah. the Lovebirds. Ah, the Lovebirds. Uh, starting, I liked it. 
Isa Ray as Leilani and Kumal Nanjiani as Gibran. Yeah, the movie's um, on Netflix. The movie is on Netflix. Uh, it recently came out, uh, directed by Michael Showalter, who directed uh, uh, Kumal uh, Nanjiani's film uh, Big Sick. Ah, okay. Uh, I haven't seen that. I heard it's really good as well, though. Yeah, it's it's the true story of how uh, Kumal and his wife met and how he stayed by her side. She suffers from, I think, an autoimmune disorder. And she falls into a coma, and he had just been dating her for like three or four months, and he decided, no, I'm sticking, in, I'm sticking in here, I'm staying here, yeah. And just you know, like he was like, this is the woman I want to marry. Like it just, and yeah, so I've, I've heard I, a lot of uh, uh, interviews with him, yeah, and, and, and I, I, I enjoyed uh, him as uh, just what I, I heard him talk about and how I heard him come off as a person, yeah. And I, I really enjoy I really enjoy that guy. After I seen the movie, I was like, this, this guy's fucking cool. And I know he's gonna come out of some uh, Marvel, some Marvel thing that he's all yeah, fucking he, ripped he, out. Yeah, or he whatever. got super jacked. Yeah. Uh, he um, Michael uh, Showalter also co-wrote uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Ah, oh, that's the director. You said he's the director of the film. Okay. So for me, like, if there was a movie that I would prefer to watch compared to like, because the Lovebirds is their real chemistry between. Isa and Kamal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, 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 I thoroughly com- enjoyed that. I really loved the way they opened up the movie because it's like they've spent their first night together and, you know, that kind of like that hot spark of chemistry of like the bond they both have to yeah. each other and just spending their day and be like, forget our friends right now. Forget all that shit. It's me and you. And we're just going through this and the blossoming of this relationship. And when it went blank, right, I said three years and then Boom! Four years later, I was like, "Damn it, I was I was close. I knew they were gonna do a, a time forward because I I was." I think sure. it's crazy how you fucking always try to anticipate what's next, and I don't do that. Yeah. I'm, I just let the fucking movie flow for what it is. Right. Hey, for me, like um, sometimes I I let's say it's in the middle of the movie, and and let's say it's a mystery or some shit, and I've already put the puzzle together for some reason in my brain. Yeah. Then I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen." And sure enough, it yeah, does yeah. happen. I mean, the movie is uh, fairly predictable. Uh, I think really the, it's a vehicle for both Kumal and Isa, who uh, also is in uh, the show that's very well-loved, Insecure, on HBO. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, I, watching the chemistry between these two actors and comedians, they were wonderful to watch on screen. I really enjoyed what they were going through, like, in terms of, like, the characters' arcs, mm-hmm. you know, because you do hit, like, those lows in a relationship, like, those kind of, like, is this done? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, like, you question it. You're like, oh, we're not. Is we're, this done? And, you, and and because you said the fucking words, your significant other or who you're with takes it in that aspect, but it's not really what you meant, or you really don't have those. You don't want it to be that, but it's happening. Yeah, and it, it almost feels like they're both, you know, trying to find their places amongst themselves, and they feel like it's really the relationship when it's really it's the two of them. And, like, I enjoyed that aspect, but then they decided to have this whole kind of, like, absurd, like, oh, we ran over a guy. The yeah, but that shit was there. fucking... I mean, it, <laughs> that shit was fucking hilarious. It, it That's was, what I enjoyed about it, because it was, it was uh, unexpected. Uh, once they started... Once the dude started running over, you're like, you know that, okay, this is this probably isn't a cop. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a, a fucking bad when they, guy. When they were making jokes yeah, in the car. Yeah, but the fact of how they react to it, it kind of strikes you as something that would happen, because in the moment, I've been in situations where... It's life or death. 100%. Right. I've had a gun in my fucking face numerous times. And not from the police. From fucking police and from gang members. So it's not the same thing. So to be sitting there, I could definitely slightly relate to like, you, yeah. you're just sitting there like a dumbass. Like, oh, what the fuck's going on? You don't know exactly how to, how to 
diagnose it all. Right. And so for, for me, like I, I, I did enjoy most of that. Like I think a lot of the jokes do land pretty well. Yeah. My biggest problem is that there's moments in that film where it they take too long with certain sequences. Like, for example, when they got to the frat boy's house and they're like kind of interrogating him. Yeah. I thought at some point I'm like, OK, this is this is going a little too long for me. Like, I need you to snap it up yeah. a bit. And the movie's only an hour and 27 minutes, so I'm thinking to myself, like, I know, how, how would you make this film better? And I'm thinking to myself, I would probably cut out 10 minutes of that middle sequence. Because for me, it felt like this is really picking up. And then they got to the middle part where they're, like, on the run from the cops trying to investigate. And I go, man, this is kind of boring in terms of, like, what is happening. The jokes in those sequences are pretty good. I was laughing. Yeah. But, like, to move the story along, it wasn't moving the story along. It's just kind of like, all right. It's just the scene for the moment and what it is. Right. And so, like, for me, like, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I'm, I'm, if you're telling me a story, unfold the yeah, story. See, like, that, right, let's get going with it. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene because even the actress in her movements, in her gestures, dude, it made me fucking crack up. And the, yeah. and the, the way uh, Nanjari was... Uh, Nanjiani. Nanjiani was, um, like, rephrasing how they had gotten interrogated right prior in the scene before, but, like, in a, such a stupid way. Yeah. I liked it a lot, man. It was making me laugh. Uh, I chuckled a lot when, was faded, though. when the the young woman is calling. She goes, uh, like, I don't want to say they're murderers because they're minorities. They just happen to be oh, murderers yeah, yeah. who are minorities. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was really funny. Like, I thought there was a lot of funny yeah, moments in the laugh. film. But, like, honestly, like, for me, like, the second, the middle part of that film slowed down too much, like, story-wise, not yeah. joke-wise. Like, the jokes, I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is fine. It just you're also trying to tell me a story. Like I feel like they're kind of just stuck in this weird limbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they they get to their friend's house and they have this kind of like ridiculous dinner sequence when finally like there's some character there because like her friend is telling her like, "No, this is this is my relationship. This is what the realistic thing is. We fight all the time or whatever." And then like him insecure about like his relationship with his girl and like he thinks this guy is trying to hit on her and you know, they. That's when I felt like, okay, we're back on track in terms of like building out their character, and then they were trying to, and then after that, like it felt like they were connecting more with each other, like trying to get back to that place that they knew they were at. Like they love each other, you yeah. know. And it just felt like they were both kind of dealing with their own insecurities, which is fine. It just I felt like that middle part took away from like really focusing on their growth. That's understandable, I think, because I, what I, I, I just think that it was also like four years later. And they're still um, being that way. I think that's slightly realistic to a sense. You of know course, what I mean? Of course, uh, yeah. That's something that it takes time to get over, and it's not as easy as for some as for others. No, no, and I try to understand it, but I think like the the exaggerated circumstance they were put in, like I felt like kind of yeah. hurt, kind of hurt the character's arc yeah. in the grand scheme of the story. Yeah. I mean, and the plot was pretty predictable. I knew they were going somewhere with the whole one, two, three. You know, I knew they were going to go with something like and, you know, and eventually it, there was the payoff at the end. Um, but I mean, like and the rest of the cast was fine. They were they were I don't want to say the word they were serviceable. Yeah. Only because there wasn't enough screen time for any of them. They felt like they were hired on for this one little moment, five to ten minutes a piece and off they went. And so there was no real like. In development for their characters they felt like one note human beings who were just there to be like story or exposition i'm just here to get paid off, off we go yeah yeah, yeah. I you get know you. I but get they you. were they you. were fine the cast was fine i think um anna camp who played the i don't know if she's the wife of the senator 
or she's the assistant. I think she plays the wife of the senator. The one that says that she's going to throw the oil in their face. Yeah. Yeah, she's I, funny. She she was really funny in that role. Just, you know, obviously that was pretty much it for her. <laughs> yeah, so I would say, what would you rate it? Um, I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Well, I, I'd maybe give it a 7.5. 7.5? Yeah. Okay. Because I, 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 did, I did enjoy it. And some of the stupid fucking things that they say are just, uh, it just made me laugh. No, I mean... Uh, I think for like a date night, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a film, you're gonna sit around and watch something kind of ridiculous but fun. For me, I'd go with the underrated, underperforming game night starring uh, Rachel Mc, uh, Rachel McAdams and fucking uh, and, Steve Carell and J- Jason Bateman. Jason, ah ba- oh, man, I didn't I don't they remember have, it that well. Then they have their friends come over it's for with a common, game. No, no, no. It has um, the actor from New Girl uh, plays Winston. Winston? Yeah, he is a comedian as well. Um, oh, um, my goodness, I forget his name. I can't remember that shit then. Um, he was he was he was pretty funny. He played like uh, one of the best friends. Um, what was La- it? Lamorne Morris is the the comedian's name. Ah, uh, name the movie is a uh, game uh, game night, and and game night is really funny. Like it I is. I think I'm looking. At, was there another one called Date Night? Date night is with Tina Mc, uh, Tina McFay and, and that's Steve Carell. Yeah, so uh, Game Night is a really fun movie. It's uh, Rachel McAdams and uh, Jason Bateman meet each other through uh, trivia night, and they fall in love and they have this marriage. And uh, every once in a while, they have a game night with family and friends, or actually just their friends. And her brother, his brother, comes over and turns out he owes drug dealers money and becomes this whole crazy kind of ordeal. And I'll leave it there. And, and so it's that, it that's a really fun movie. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. I mean, in terms of like, you know, just kind of how it played out. I'm, I'm not too fond of it. Really? I saw that movie and I just not... It's just what I mean. It's what I was telling you off, off the pod that uh, our fucking sense of humor is way way different because I do not I did not find that find that movie at all funny at all. Really, I was like whatever. It was like it was just like whatever. I thought it was hysterical. It was a fucking. I can watch it once. And I'm never gonna go back to it. I thought it was fucking hysterical. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. So that's why I love fucking. Don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood, and you fucking probably don't like it. No. Yeah. See, there it is. Um, it's it's fine. No, I know. think it's fucking hilarious. I I think for me, like. When it comes to that kind of like satire-ish humor, um, the 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 Wayne's brothers, they, just, I, I, some I, of their jokes are just not funny to me. Like some yeah, of their no, stuff. I feel like is, sometimes you go deep, you go deep I, into movies. And I you, think and you their fucking, better their better series was the first two scary movies they did. Ah, uh, the first one was good. After that, I don't the know second anymore. one built upon some of the jokes from the first film, and I think like that one was uh, really enjoyable as well. Like I, I think like for me, that's where I stopped. With their whole their whole thing, because I felt like after that, they got kind of lazy. Yeah, I think it was the white chicks after that, or probably some. Uh, like white chicks and it just is, it didn't look funny, right? Like nobody was gonna look at those two and then be like, "Oh yeah, they they, they look like these two rich um, white women or whatever." Uh-huh. But but whatever, like it, it just those things. I'm like, huh, really? This is where you're going? Yeah. But at the same time, like it works. I like and that. It's I like also this. it's also cheaper to make those kinds of films, right? It's like Adam Sandler and his and his crew. They make movies that will probably cost anywhere from five to ten million dollars to make. Well, sometimes since you mentioned that, um, sometimes they make some pretty shitty movies. I saw a movie on Netflix over the weekend called 
The Wrong Missy with David I, Spade, I'm so sorry. Rob Schneider, uh, and a few of those Adam Sandler actors. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, Fuck, man. I, I thought it, it was like whatever in the, be- in the beginning. It was like whatever. But it just, oh, man, it just gets too... It's too much, too much. It's it's too annoying because the the actress, they give you definitely get annoyed of her, so she portrays the 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 role properly. Um, but it's just it's too much. It's way too much, and some of the stuff is just ridiculous. The outlandish, like when a shark attack goes fucking haywire while they're inside of a cage. Yeah, it's just a bit stupid, and and I just watch it because it was new on Netflix, and I figured fuck it, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with Adam Sandler films. Like some of them can be incredibly lazy. No, I, I just don't, I don't know if it, I don't humor. think he was uh, I don't think he was involved with it at all. Well, but I, it has a lot of the people that he cast in a lot of his movies. Well, then I would imagine was it a Happy Madison production? No, I don't think it was. Okay, so I mean, like if that's a thing, but I know that Happy Madison and, right and his and his, and his things. Like my whole thing is like I've really appreciated Adam Sandler as a dramatic actor, uh, and to watch him do humor. Most of it just doesn't land anymore because, like, I'm not 15 years old, and so, and my humor, no and my humor has changed. You know, I, I definitely, but I, I still enjoy films that are 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 goofy and silly and like outlandish and kind of like, you know, just the kind of demented body humor. Sometimes, not a big fan of fart jokes. I don't understand people's obsession with fart jokes. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I love the bean sequence in Blazing Saddles. And I think to myself, well, clearly someone's hit you in the head too often because that's one of the worst scenes in that movie. Uh-huh. And I love that movie. <laughs> I love Blazing Saddles. <laughs> that's a good movie. But that bean-eating scene where they're all farting. I don't remember. Boy, it. do I fucking hate that the canned scene. canned beans or something like that? The no? canned beans, yeah. It was the first time that I, I think kinda remember, not flatulence really well. was used uh, – like that in a, mo- in a movie. Ah, okay. Yeah, but uh, that that movie, The Wrong Missy, it was a director, Tyler Spindle. Okay. Uh, cast was David Spade, Lauren Lapkus, and Nick Schwartzman. Yeah, uh, yeah, Of course, yeah. it had a, it had a uh, Rob Schneider in it, but um, it's definitely skippable. It's a late night so, comedy, but yeah. it's uh, definitely skippable. What would you give it? I would give it a, a one point five. That is bad. Yeah, trash. So. Um, Let's move on to something else. <laughs> All right. Uh, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is a film from last year that I missed in movie theaters. Um, it is based on the 1998 Esquire magazine article, Can You Say Hero? by Tom Junod. Uh, I'm sure I'm messing up his name. It stars Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers, Matthew Rise as Lloyd Bo- Vo- Vogel. Vogel? Lloyd Vogel. Lloyd Vogel. Uh, Chris Cooper as Jerry Bogle, Susan Kelechi Watson as his wife, uh, Lloyd's wife, Andrea Vogel, Marianne Plunkett as Joanne Rogers, and Enrico Colantoni as Bill Iser, uh, producer and kind of show helper of showrunner, showrunner, like the showrunner, his guy. Uh, It's directed by Marielle Heller, uh, who also is the director of the Oscar nominated film. Can You Ever Forgive Me, starting Melissa McCarthy. Um, I got to tell you, this movie right here hit all sorts of, like, marks for me. Um, I think it was really, really well made. Because most of the time, these, based on a true story or based on an article or whatever, like, they feel very generic, right? Like, the the, the beats of the film, uh-huh. the low, 
the 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 kind of wandering lost emotionally the i finally have come to accept whatever situ- situation i am in and move past that the forgiveness part of it and i really enjoyed the fact that um that they decided to do it like if it was an episode of of mr, mr. Rogers, rogers neighborhood it opens up Tom Hanks comes out, sings yeah, a song, like puts it, and he talks about like, oh, you know, pictures and his friends. And he opens up the the the, the <laughs> he yeah. Opens after up- after um you guys uh after uh, uh Tammy posted about it on on IG, my wife, yeah, Myra fucking saw it and she was like, oh, I we can. <laughs> they she saw it and she was like, uh, uh I didn't want to watch it, so yeah. I was like, oh, let's watch it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um the the. Yeah, I think the movie played out really well. It was funny, though, when they started straddling that line of, like, the stress that he was kind of under and starting to go with the hallucination stuff. I think it was really well handled because they started nodding at it with his obsession with Mr. Rogers. I see Mr. Rogers everywhere. And then finally, as the stress started building up, he started going more and more into his own, like, psyche and his own brain about, like, the loss in his life Mm -hmm. and how he's had to deal with it. And I got to tell you, like, there's never been well this is one of the characters i've probably related to the most um just the pure anger and rage that he had for his father like initially like i thought to myself fuck this is me or at least it was me yeah you know um relate to it starts to relate to it like in my mid-20s i was just a really angry guy um had a lot of like animosity towards uh dad and, you know, over a decade of just working on myself and trying to be a better person, like, I think I got there a lot faster than Lloyd, definitely. Like, Lloyd looks like he's in his late 40s, mid 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looked kind of old. You know, um, and for me, like, it, it really made me think about, like, just how it really is up to you to acknowledge, like, your own emotions, but also, like, be able to express them and 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 come to terms with the fact that, you are a human being that is com- complex and complicated, and sometimes, you know, life can hurt us, and that's okay because we can always try to figure out, like, amongst ourselves, how do we want to approach those situations? And yeah. so, so for me, like, it definitely struck a nerve, but wonderfully made. The music selection for the, for the film was like kind of like that jazzy kind of like everything hit the right the right moments. Yeah, it was it was a uh, tempo of it was really balanced. It it it, was, it flowed super smoothly. I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, the wifey definitely told me that she caught me a few times like like smiling like when they were like when Mister Ro- when Tom Hanks was portraying Mister Rogers for what he was before. Yeah, it it it, it brought back a lot of a lot of. Uh, childhood memories from you because I was one of my favorite shows as a kid which is crazy because I'm I don't know I guess I'm like I said I'm, I'm in that bracket of I'm almost I'm old and I'm also young I'm in between where all that stuff that really popular stuff went off and right now what's really popular is tattooed faces and, and from rappers which is bullshit to me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean I gotta tell you honestly the way Tom Hanks portrayed Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. Yeah, he 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 did a great job. I love the scene where um it took the minute of silence. Uh, spoiler alert, motherfuckers. Um, and uh, Tom Hanks, the camera's right at his face, and he's staring right in the camera. That shit made me. It made me feel the motherfucker, yo. Yeah, it was crazy. I I very very much like that movie a lot, dude. But the cl- the the intelligence by Marielle Heller um to decide to 
to focus like that in that moment. She could have kept it far away, right? Yeah. Like, she could have kept a wide shot. But instead, she decided to focus in on the one face She's a fucking genius. that you trust. He's a genius. Everybody trusts Mr. Rogers. And everybody and, trusts Tom Hanks. And everybody, uh, Tom Hanks is America's Tom treasure. Hanks, yes. And so when they focus on his face, he's staring at the camera. It's like he's looking at you. Yeah, Giving man. you the time to partake in that one-minute sequence. It's fucking nice. Very, a, very well done. It's a very well-made film. I, I highly enjoyed I it. I haven't enjoyed a movie like that in, in a long, long time. Chris Cooper is amazing as always. Chris Cooper is a fantastic actor. He's been acting for a long time. And he can play anything from like uh, just a grimy, dirty, backstabbing pile of shit to just a flawed human being who's trying to find his way in life. I really, I always enjoy Chris Cooper in anything. What else is he in? Oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Adapt. Uh, fuck. Because that's what I was. I was like, he looks familiar, but I don't know who. I don't. I was like, is he a new actor? No, he's not. He's been. He's been around for, for a while. Like at this point in time, like I want to say he's been acting probably most of his life at this point. Ah. Uh. You know, um, and it just, uh, I know that Matthew Rise, uh, the guy who played Lloyd Vogel, I know that I've seen him in other stuff. I just don't know oh, what that is. okay, so I'm, I'm talking I'm, about his dad, yeah, Jerry. Uh, no, he's been, he's in the town. He's in all sorts of shit. Yeah, adaptation. Yeah, I you know, know exactly who the fuck he is. American Beauty, I was, he I was plays the homophobic the, the father. Dudes. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, in a, yeah, in American Beauty, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but, Anyways, that can be cut out. It can be edited, <laughs> And so, um, you know, the, yeah, the thing is, he turns out to be a closeted homosexual. And, yeah. Um, and so, you know, his own emotional anguish of not being able to deal with it. But, but anyways, Matthew Rise, I honestly, I know that I, like, recognize him from stuff. Lloyd Vogel? Lloyd Vogel. I don't know. Um, you know, but he, he was fantastic in the film. I mean, I think the he way he... Fa- he looked familiar, but I, I don't he, know. He don't does know look what, familiar, what, what, and that's uh, the thing. It's, seen him in. it's hard to pin him on, because he also looks a lot like Jason Clark, who plays um, John Connor in uh, Terminator Genesis and other films. Uh, he's, he's... Yeah, uh, I'll have to I show you a remember. picture. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I think... Uh, and I, th- I like the Genesis, too. <laughs> I am so... What the hell is <laughs> wrong with you? Like, honestly, action-packed. It was that cool. movie is fucking... Yeah, it was pretty shit. stupid because I remember some of the acting was like, oh, because he's a, because he's a murderer. And I was like, oh, that guy fucking sucks as an actor. But Jai Courtney? Yeah. I fucking hate Jai Courtney as an actor. I, I, as a person, it made don't me laugh him. so fucking hard. I hate him. I was as like, an actor. dude, how the fuck? I think I can probably be an actor, man. It makes me convince me. <laughs> convince me. Um, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, he was one of the best things of Suicide Squad. I'm like, that movie's what? terrible. He oh, plays yeah, uh, Captain Boomerang. The best or... part of that movie was the fucking Joker's car. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I honestly, for me, uh, go watch it. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I'm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I give it maybe. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't decide. I can't decide. Eight point five, you say? Yeah. Maybe maybe a seven. Seven. Yeah. That's just kind of like okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'll go back to it. That's why. Dude, I bought it right after. Really? Yeah. I rented it for two dollars on Amazon and then bought it for ten. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I was like, I, I enjoyed this film that much. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna buy it. Um yeah, that's just so much. I also saw some other movie. It's a, it was supposedly uh supposedly a scary movie recommended by uh a, a good friend of ours named Lillian. Uh, shout out to Lillian for recommending Gerald's Game, but um, that Ooh. movie really, really, 
really sucked. It was horrible, man. I've, I've not had an opportunity to watch Gerald's game, but it's a Stephen King book. I um, you said it was super scary. It was supposed to be scary. From what I heard, it's mostly tense. I didn't anything. get. I didn't get tense. I didn't get scared. I didn't nothing. get nothing, dude. Nothing. nothing. Interesting. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, That's with, a starring uh, a Carla Gugino. Yeah. <laughs> or Gugino. 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 I think so. Bruce Grenwood and Henry Thomas, which I believe Henry Thomas is from ET. Yes, he plays Elliot. Ah, yeah, Elliot. Ouch. Yeah, he came back uh, with Legends of the Fall. He plays uh, Samuel. Yeah, and he's also in uh, uh, the show uh, The House on the the Haunting of the House on the Hill, which I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, also on the, Netflix. the Haunting of Hill House. Ah, yeah. There you go. And okay, so this movie was directed by Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan's an excellent horror film director. But it's uh, it's pretty much when uh, when her husband's sex game goes wrong, Jesse's handcuffed to the bed in a remote lake house. And faces a warped vision, dark secrets, and dire choices. But I feel like she drifts off too much, and it's just too. I don't. I don't. I feel like someone in that situation wouldn't act that way, or wouldn't hallucinate in that in that fashion. I think that you would panic so much in trying to escape that you wouldn't just put yourself to sleep the way that they portray her character in it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know because I've never been in that kind of situation where I've been handcuffed and, like, my significant other has died of a heart attack in the remote lake house. Yeah. Uh, but I've not watched the film, but I also understand. Yeah, but you would think that she would have tried to help him while he's dying. It doesn't happen. It yeah. just I don't know. It just some stuff of it seems a little, it seems a little, like, that's not, I don't think that maybe one out of fucking a thousand or a million people might act that way, but you're going to try to escape as much as possible and she doesn't really put up a struggle interesting uh, I, I'd have to watch it to make a decision but I know that Mike Flanagan does really well if you're ready to catch a nap go ahead put it on I don't know if I would catch a nap you I, probably I, would I, I like Mike <laughs> Flanagan's style of direction like he did Oculus he did uh, Doctor Sleep he did um, the, 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 um, what else did he do my goodness uh, he did fucking Gerald's Game which fucking Gerald's sucked game. <laughs> it's funny you're one of the only people that has not enjoyed Gerald's I Game I didn't enjoy it at all I, my, well the wifey didn't enjoy it at all because I, I expected, I expected something to to scare me. I expected for the situation to to bring some, some type of tension to me. Okay, but nothing, dude. I don't. I didn't feel it because it's like, it's you, just too outlandish. You to think me. somebody? Like, nah, you think somebody happen. overhyped it? Maybe like that. It's that too, has happened. It's the it's same too reason. many too many small coincidences all rolled up into one, and that's just not gonna happen. I'd have to watch so, it. So uh, yeah, okay. Well, there's a, there's a part where she feeds like a random dog on the street. And then uh, she gives it uh, expensive meat. The husband gets upset, and then kind of is like cool with it because he's like, "Oh well, forget it. You know, I just I just want to you know go into our, our, our into our yeah, lake yeah. house and put in work." And um, they leave the door open. It's just too many coincidences. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, towards the uh, when it gets dark, she starts to hallucinate and sees a figure in the corner. And at the end of the at the end of the movie, which they they never, I mean, that dude never really did anything to her. She starts explaining, oh, he was real. I thought I was hallucinating because I was just tied to the bed. Yeah. But he was real. And this, it's, to me, that's, that doesn't scare me. You know? You're telling me at the end of it, after she, spoiler alert, after she escapes, she just uh, tells you what else happened in the, in the fucking, in, in, her, in the outcome. And that, to me, it's, it's, it's not played right. Interesting. I, I mean, I definitely have to check it out. You know, um, like, I know people didn't like Dr. Sleep. But Dr. Sleep, I felt like he had a real difficult time in terms of, like, what he was going to do. Because it's a sequel to The Shining. Uh, and it's a sequel to The Shining's book. Oh, yeah. I, that was the that came out of theaters, right? It came out of theaters last October. Uh, I watched it. I wanted I, to watch it. I had I a good time. 
but it wasn't scary. It was more, um, it felt more like a thriller. Um, and not even like a thriller, just kind of like thriller-ish. It was very interesting how it was played out because of the hard part is, is that he's taking The Shining and making the sequel to Stanley Kubrick's film, but also trying to be true to the book. So trying to straddle this weird line because Stephen King hates The Shining, hates what Stanley Kubrick did with his story. Um, because he took out a huge chunk of that book and just threw it out the fucking window and said, oh, this is what I'm going to make. So, But a lot of people, when you think a continuation to The Shining, most people have never read the book The Shining. They've watched the movie. And so that's exactly the line that he was trying to straddle. And I think for the most part, he was successful. I think he had a difficult job, but I think he pulled it off. He's a really good director. I really enjoy his work from what okay. I've seen. Um. I can't say uh, that I enjoyed his work with Gerald's Game. I do like certain directors for their cinematography and the angles they pull. Yeah. I feel like this is just not... Just not up to it. It doesn't hit. Interesting. It doesn't hit. At least not for me. You like me. The House of Haunting Hill? The, the Haunting of Hill House? Yeah. That's him. Yeah, no, but that doesn't mean that someone's going to... Okay, so fuck. What's that guy's name? You, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What's it? Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Mike Flanagan. I'm talking about uh, uh, the, the, the dude that did uh, uh, The Sixth Sense. What's his name? Oh, Mike, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, so he made good movies, and he also made shit movies. That's true. So You're right. For to you to try to justify Mike Flanagan to me is bullshit, because yeah. they can be great, but I think and they can, can also fumble I every think, now and then. I think you can appreciate, though, like, I appreciate, his directing style. Yeah, like, I'm not uh, saying that, because he has to work with the material that he's given by the writers, right? Like, it's not just, it's not just the yeah, director. Yeah, I get he's, you. He's got to make yeah, this yeah. whole fucking thing unfold. With yeah, the he, has to, he has to bring it to life. He has to bring it to life, which is not easy. I'm, I'm assuming most of the movie takes place in the one bedroom. location, the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to be fucking tough. Yeah, I would say so. But it took me three days to get through the fucking movie, right. so that says a lot with, to me, uh, too. With uh, the filmmaker Jeremy Sol- Solnier. Um, he did the movie um, Murder Party, uh, Blue Noir, um, and uh, The Green Room. With the Green Room with uh, uh, Anton Yelchin. Anton Okay. Anton Yelchin and um, Anton Yelchin and uh, Patrick Stewart, okay. and I watched. I did like that one. I watched Blue Noir first. Really thoroughly loved that film. Watched The Green Room. Thoroughly loved that film. And then somebody kept on telling me um, to watch Murder Party. That it's so good. I don't like that movie, but I also understand it was self. The money was self raised by him and his brother and their friends. It's shot predominantly in one location. But what I did appreciate it is the fact that he already had an eye for angles and shots and, and being able to play it all out. Yeah. Granted, what he was working with was difficult. Like, it's not the best story. But, you know, I, I, I was like, I can appreciate the film. Like, yes, not my favorite film, but I can appreciate it. It's the same thing with, like, everybody who shits on M. Night Shyamalan because they're like, everything after Unbreakable is shit. And I go, Some people don't even like Unbreakable. Yeah, I know. I do. Do you that remember when, we went, go, dope, when we went to go watch Unbreakable and the movie ended and people around us were like, well, that was a piece of shit because they didn't expect. They expected the Sixth Sense again. Yeah. And instead, what they got was a comic book movie. <laughs> it was and fucking people were good. Like, I liked it a lot. I fucking hated this movie. I'm like, what was wrong with you? Uh, one, of my, one, of my, one of the movies that I enjoy and only because of the way that I thought about it is Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it too because of the same. Once uh, I hadn't seen the movie and you explained it to me in your eyes, and then I saw it, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's still a movie that I can watch over and over again and be like, this movie's fucking good, yo. It, it is. And, dude, I remember and when... sometimes you can see... I, 
a movie and some if someone else explains it to you and you try to watch it in their perspective, it, it kind of hits it, it hits better. And that's the thing that hit me about like Lady in the Water was the fact that I went to you know the store and it was on sale for five bucks, and I had always heard bad things about it, and I picked it up and I flipped it on the back and I said it's a bedtime story for adults, and I was like. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I know bedtime stories. Little I want to get a good night's sleep. Little Red Riding Hood and stuff like that. And then, you know, went home. And, like, you think about all those childhood stories that you tell kids. And so I'm like, oh, a bedtime story for adults. It's got to be in the same kind of realm as the rest of it. So then, like, mm-hmm. go home. We watch the fucking movie. And I was just like, damn, this shit was so much fun. Like, yeah, some of the acting is a little weird. Some of the writing is a little wonky. But overall, I fucking enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I've watched that a lot. Yeah, I know you don't like uh, science, too. I, no. I like science. And it's, I, I enjoy like, science up until the alien uh, until the alien pops up. And I was like, ooh, this is rough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but you know, I, uh, I, uh, the uh, happening, right? I was excited for the happening. Oh, no. Hell no. Nah, that shit dude, was no so, way. That shit was nah. so hype. And it's one of his worst films. Don't breathe. You're going to die. I can't. I couldn't do it. John Leguizamo cutting himself the tree, after the crashing the jeep. The tree's letting you out, letting some uh, poison out. What I, What I thought was hysterical about that moment when they're in the jeep and he sees the little cut that's in the in the cloth. I'm like, so you are in a car that has a cloth cover with plastic, and the cloth is cut. Don't you mean the air is already getting into the car? Anyway? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Wait until I see that. So now we hadn't taken a breath yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there was so much potential for that film. He he just dropped the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And then, and then uh, this week, HBO Max launches. That's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I got the uh, text message. Uh, Give Netflix some more competition. After I heard, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Netflix edited, uh, they recently put Back to the Future on their on their, uh, uh, on their their service. Yeah, on their service, and uh, they edited it. They cut out pieces. And certain hardcore fans, unlike myself, because as soon as I saw it on there, I saw all fucking three. I didn't even notice, but other, but hardcore fans. What did they cut it. out? I don't. That's something I didn't. Uh, I did not uh, get a chance to look into uh, before today. Yeah, but it was edited out, and they and uh, I guess they they uh, they put back the original version. Good after getting so many complaints. But the question is, how many of the movies have they done this to? That is a, uh, an interesting question. It's the same thing with Disney Plus. The That's movie, what I wonder. The movie like, Splash. How many, how many people have done this to? The movie like, Splash movie ends with um, uh, Daryl Hannah. Uh, going back into the ocean, and uh, it's her butt cheeks. Uh, Disney Plus edited out the butt cheek. They wow. a- they added they added hair <laughs> to the back of her ass. They, long- they, they elongated oh, her hair long, even yeah. more. Yeah, she has long hair. It was tangled. They, they went even longer. They went tangled with it. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought I didn't know because I mean, like, hey, I've never seen the movie. I've never seen Splash, but I know I've heard how it ends. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, all right, I, that's it, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah, Tom, right? Yeah. yeah. And she plays a mermaid, comes yeah, out of water. Heard, I've heard of it. I just never, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And so, um, but yeah, but I know that they edited that out. And there was a lot of complaints by people who have watched the film, you know, that they're changing stuff. It's the same reason that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas got into a lot of shit and, you know, for changing their original visions. E.T., when it got released on DVD. Oh, I remember they he changed all the shotguns to radios. All the shotguns and handguns to flashlights and radios. That's bullshit. On the FBI agents. Cops ain't like that. Cops, it's all right. Let them bark, man. Let them bark. <laughs> Fuck it. They're gonna bark more. Fucking, I could be carrying around, be carrying around uh, uh, flashlights and radios when they think a, a threat like that is upon them. An alien. Yeah, an alien. It's threat. impossible. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, it's a crackling somewhere. It's probably the headphones. All right. Well, I can still hear it for some fucking reason. Yeah. So. 
It's all good. We're gone. We're good. And so, <laughs> oh man, uh, recording everything live. In in lighter news. In lighter news. Lighter news. Um, yeah. So HBO Max is coming out. I'm yeah. excited. I want to. I want to uh, see if it updated on my TV automatically, like the way you said it. It, it might have. You say automatically. Automatically. Yes, automatically. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Technology is magic. That's, uh, that's my own word. Um. <laughs> I made that automatically. Automatically. But I'm really excited because I mean, like you're talking about like Warner Brothers is going to have almost their, you're going to start uploading their entire library. That's right now they're starting out with uh, over 1300 movies. And then television shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's going to be on HBO Max? HBO Max. Holy shit. Like cuz the thing well, is th- they're owned by AT&T. I had no idea. So instead of like AT&T cuz nobody likes AT&T as an as a fucking brand. Yeah, unless as you have a, their fucking but, cell phone service. But is it is recognizable as a brand. Oh yeah, of course. They are not that actually AT&T. They are I think Pac Bell. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, it, 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 they're one of those telecommunications giants who merged. You, I remember, I we, remember Pac Bell as a and, kid. I remember and Pac so Bell. They rem, I, I believe it's them. And so when they merged with AT and T, AT and T decided to keep, uh, or they decided to keep the AT and T name because they, they knew that they were the larger name. They knew what's more recognizable, Pac Bell or fucking AT and T. Of course, AT and T wins out. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Know? you. So, so <laughs> that's the thing. And so, like, um. I'm just really excited to have that service. I mean, it's going to be the same $15 a month that you're paying for now unless you signed up early. And if you signed up early, you're going to get um, – it's $11, $11.99 a month for for a year before the price goes back up. But, I mean, I already have HBO now, so it's just going to switch over. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, another thing that I uh, heard that's uh, kind of current news, I heard that Adolf Hitler's crocodile – or actually alligator – it's his alligator uh, passed away on uh, his pet alligator passed away on Saturday at the age of eighty four. That's a long time for an alligator. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I mean, an alligator in captivity. I think wild alligators live longer. They can live up to one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. Like I think I believe so, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm probably mistaken. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that Adolf Hitler kept a fucking alligator. Do you think he like fed it meth, like he fed all the soldiers? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Uh, but supposedly, yeah, I guess he got it in 1936, and during a bombing raid in at the Berlin Zoo uh, in ah, okay. 1943, uh, the alligator escaped, and it was found by British soldiers uh, in 1938, uh, I believe. Yeah, a few years later, and um, was sent to Moscow Zoo, which it spent its rest of its life there, and uh, recently passed away. But it was a big hit over there in Russia. Apparently, uh, you know, I mean, people have a really interesting kind of like thing about ne- uh, of historical figures. I was going to say nostalgia, but no, that's that's wrong. That's completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like they have a real thing about like historical figures and like collectibles and stuff. Right. Imagine the I think maybe potentially closed, maybe still open. I'm not exactly sure. Museum of Death. And they're oh, in, no, it's the, uh, the one in Hollywood. Yeah, it's still open. They were uh, they were. It's right across the street from they were, uh, Hollywood Toyota. I drive by. I've seen it. Yeah. Times. So they're, they're still open. They were talking last year about they might close. They they were running out of cash. Ah. Okay. So no, I would I imagine a, that with well, this, maybe maybe I would imagine closed. with this situation yeah. that we're in, I, I they probably won't survive unless they filed for bankruptcy the way Hertz did uh, today. In fact, and uh, they're only doing it to restructure their company and hopefully uh, continue their name after this whole COVID nineteen shit. Yeah. And I also heard that uh, we've hit a, close to a hundred thousand 
deaths here in the USA. Yeah, we've just and crossed now out. that these bitch ass Trump motherfuckers, everybody in his whole uh, uh, in his whole administration. cabinet administration it are are now saying that it's gonna go up to one fifty. And they're just practically downplaying the whole fucking thing. Seems I mean, that's like, all. Man. That's all this administration's done. It's fucking ridiculous. In terms of their approach to this, it's really uh, uh, tasteless, and it's it's sad, man, to to fucking know that all these people are passing away for for the government neglecting to have these these things at the hospitals. There there were plans in place. Put, if it was a smart motherfucker that was in place, it would still have been done. It would, could they could have made it happen, I think, but because he downplayed it so much. It's it's become worse than than it, than it was supposed to because at first they were saying oh if it's a hundred thousand we're in a good we're in good standing that's a shit ton of people dude the well, fuck is wrong they were hoping dude? they were hoping for sixty thousand and then yeah the, the number came and went and yeah they, they predicted sixty thousand that's what they were but they were they were asking uh, one of the one of the, the experts the experts why they had predicted that when it was already close to a hundred thousand and of course they couldn't they had no uh, legitimate excuse they just Giving feeding the people what they want to hear. What what is always fascinating? Well, there was one uh, one of our cousins hit me up and was asking me, "When do you think people will take this serious?" And my response was like, "Unfortunately, when it's too late and they've started to lose loved ones, but by then the damage is going to be done." You know, the the fact is is that we've we've gone from, you know, like ten deaths like in the end of February or whatever, to over a hundred thousand at this point in time, and it's it's. You know, and I know that there are a lot of complications with COVID. Like, it's not COVID directly, but it's the damage that it inflicts on the system because mm-hmm. it damages the lungs, it attacks the lungs, and so it can cause pneumonia and other things. And that stuff is real long-lasting, especially with older people and people who have complications. You know, and so my whole idea, my whole thought process with this whole thing has been, why are we just not taking care of it the most serious way? I understand that people want to go back to work. I understand that people want to go back to normal, but this right now is not a normal situation. And so, therefore, we have a responsibility to one another as a society. Let's do the best for society. Does it suck to be cooped up in your house instead of being able to go to the park or hang out with your friends at the bar or go to the fucking movie theater or do whatever? Yes, of course yeah, it sucks. It's like a picture that I posted. Yeah. Being at home isn't as bad as having your ass traded for a fucking Little Debbie snack cake in prison. If people think that that's the same fucking thing, they're stupid. At home, you can do whatever the fuck you want, essentially. You can drink more. You can have sex more. You can fucking smoke more if you want to. You can fucking eat more if you want to. And ain't a goddamn thing. Ain't nobody going to tell you nothing. You know. Unfortunately, what I also think about the, in these situations is, like, um, this, the, 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 the crucial part is, like, uh, like the, the kids and, and women that thought that and felt that leaving my house was the escape. And now they're stuck in their fucking home. I think that's one of the worst parts of this whole fucking epidemic shit, yeah. too. You know, uh, the 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 whole idea for me that this is some sort of like planned conspiracy. Yeah, to it, I hear that a lot. A lot of people think it's a conspiracy, and it's like you think that. How many times go- have the- you gone to work and been like, "All right, guys, we got a project to do. I need you five here to do this, and then the other six of you guys over here." You guys will come in later on to help out with the whole situation by taking care of blah, blah, blah. And then you have this whole team assembling, and then half of them are like, what am I doing again? Uh, and some of you have the, the lazy guy, too, who's not doing shit. Like, you think, like, oh, yeah, this is a whole massive plan. Like, this is exactly what they want. They want it to collapse the economy to be able to take away your rights. I'm like, no. They, they, are, they are in desperate situation where they're trying to figure out how do we, we prevent more people dying because if you have 
a million plus people die that are currently working or retired or whatever, and they end up getting sick and dropping off, and you have to bury them. What does that do for the economy? There, it, it becomes more. Pro- it, it's a whole set of different problems. Yeah, because you got to fill those positions. You got to fill those positions. And then, what if like you can't fill those positions because the hospitals are overrun? They're getting sick and dying. You, what are you going to train other people to be doctors right off the bat with people who have had twelve years of training and have the the talent and skill to be able to make this shit happen? It's complicated. It's always complicated, mm-hmm. and people always like to look at things as if it's black and white and easily manageable. Oh, it's nothing. It's the flu. And don't get me wrong. I, too, was a fucking idiot and said, well, the flu kills more people. I didn't think anything of it. But by February, when I started seeing all these these experts talking about how serious this could be, is when I said, oh, well, clearly, I am not a fucking doctor. I am not an epidemiologist who studies Mm -hmm. disease and the spread of disease and how bad it can get. I have no fucking idea. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to the experts. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Because, you know, like your friends ask you, like, well, what do you think? And you're like, yeah, I fucking, I, me personally, I tell them, wash your fucking hands and wear your mask, you motherfucker, because you do not want to fucking die. And if, and until it strikes home is when it's going to fucking slap you in your fucking face, of course, but you cannot let it get to that point. Dude, I've had friends who have had family members, like, I have a friend that's had, that's had a family member pass away already. And And so, and his grandma's in the ICU right now. And they're, begging to so-called lord to fucking help her get get through this but her son which is his uncle and younger passed away from it yeah and it's like yo like to hear this fool tell me how bad it 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 feels to not being able not being able to like gather with family to 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 mourn it it sucks dude yeah it sucks and it's like I, i get it hasn't touched me personally personally but i uh i'm pretty empathetic to, to, to something like that because I don't think that it's fair for anyone to, to pass away over over a fucking illness. You know what I mean? Right. One of my whole things is that, you know, everybody should die when the time is, comes is, yeah. to die. Like, you should, you know, hopefully, obviously it doesn't happen, make it to the end of your days the way it was supposed to play out from start to finish. You go to bed at night, you, 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 you're done. But I know that's not realistic. But what I hate is the fact that we're treating this as if, well, people got to die, right? The the lieutenant governor, bullshit. the lieutenant governor of Texas saying, "Oh, I'm I'd willingly die for my grandkids." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'd willingly die for my kids if there was a, a an intruder coming into the house and I got to kill somebody." Not, oh, oh yeah, I struggle. I got to struggle and fight this person, and I might die, and this person might kill me. I might kill them. Yeah, but fifty fifty chance. Yeah, but I'm willing to take you're willing to take that I'm shot. I'm willing to take that shot. Not, hey, this disease is going to ravage my system to the point where I am going to lose just because of maybe health issues that I may have, I may not have, or if I do survive it, I will have long lasting lung damage that'll prevent me from being able to have a normal functioning life. People forget, like, there are people who are surviving this with long term damage to their systems. The, the the pneumonia, right? The, the disease of pneumonia or the complication of pneumonia. I've had plenty of people say it takes three to six months to recover from pneumonia mm-hmm. because it's so ravaging on your system. So you think about COVID causing this kind of damage to your system and it's long lasting. You have kids who are getting like weird inflammation diseases because of complications from COVID. So I'm like, all right, cool. We can just take this serious. 
let's just pump money into the economy. Does it suck that we have to do it this way to be able to keep everybody from collapsing, from paying their rent, their bills, their mortgages, their everything? Yes. Does it suck? Of course it sucks. Nobody wants this. Nobody in the world wants to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. But instead, you have Republicans saying, no, no, we got to get back to work. Why? So your rich cronies can keep making money off the skin off my back? Get the fuck out of here well, with yeah, that that's, shit. That's been, uh, that's been their game since day one. Just for, uh, and I, fortunately, I, right now, there's a virus that's killing more people off. But all you have ever been and all I have ever been is a worker. And all we do is fucking f- put a little bit of money into the economy. We work to fucking live but the ones that are are uh, benefiting from us working are those people that are filthy rich already when you think about like and even the- in these times like it's good they're gonna get even more filthy rich because they have the money to make that happen in these dire circumstances and us people that just live nine of not work nine to five work live and almost survive paycheck to paycheck it's not gonna it, it, it's not uh, uh, financially plausible for us to 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 uh, come out and 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 put all of our money into certain businesses and help them out of their out of their uh, out of their binds and be, and get more money at the, at the end of the day. No, I mean when you read in the news that billionaires have been racking money, you know, four hundred. I mean, two hundred and forty three billion dollars in profits over these last couple of months. While you have your average, normal, hardworking citizen, the person who just wants to work and and survive as best as they can, given the deck of cards they've been handled, they're playing it to the best of their abilities. And when they are suffering, and you have people like Jeff Bezos, for example, which is uh, they're saying he's going to be the uh, the first trillionaire ever in life. And it's because Amazon is thriving like a motherfucker right now. Well, because everybody's ordering it from yeah. me. instead of like well, yeah, no one was going out. They're even saying that milkmen are coming back because milkmen uh, is catching a boom because no one's leaving their houses, so people need their milk, and they're ordering that shit. So it's becoming, uh, uh, it's coming back into into a main like type of job. You know what I mean? Listen, and and, and I don't want to just be like anti-billionaire because I'm not anti-billionaire. What nah, I am fuck no, is... I'm not. But it, it for those philanthropists billionaires that. Uh, help uh, the less fortunate. That's where it's at because yeah. they have it all already. Their life is fucking easy, and it's not. They're not gonna go broke from one day to another. It's all practically almost impossible. You know, and 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 I, I, my whole thing is like, you're part of a society. You pay your fair share. If you're paying way less in taxes, percentage wise, compared to somebody who makes thirty five thousand dollars a year, that that's not a fair kind of play. Oh fuck. And no. so I'm like, I think we need to get back to like a normal kind of functioning system where yes you can still be rich but you got to pay a little bit more because you're definitely going to benefit from being rich you're never going to go broke even if you pay a little bit more how the fuck is your life going to change ask yourself that question you fucking cocksucker how is your life going to change you have billions and trillions dollars even as a millionaire if you gave away a couple million what the fuck is that going to change in your life you're going to earn that money back Within the year, probably less. You'll probably end up at the end of the year, you're going to end up double up what the fuck you gave away. And so, like, or the way you contributed to life. But the thing is, they don't see it that way. They're fucking, everybody's so greedy. Everybody's, uh, when you get to that position, it's like you want it all for yourself, want it all for yourself, you want it all for yourself, you want to keep drinking it in, drinking it in, drinking it in. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's causing a rift in society now. Of it's course getting it to is. a point where it's starting to fucking cause that rift. Even even with uh, amongst ourselves, right? Like the people who are 
protesting that they want their haircuts and stuff like that. Like yeah. you're 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 angering amongst them. You're fighting amongst each other. And and like I said, I I don't agree with people who are protesting about a haircut. Like it's a haircut, guys, and I get it. I gotta get my face. I gotta get my face. I gotta look sharp, you know. Um, but I gotta look pretty. This is much bigger than just like what the normal. I don't know what normal looks like at this point in time. But um, you know, just a real quick kind of normal like, looks like just wearing your mask and washing your hands and yeah. uh, staying. Uh, if I can hit face. you in your fucking face, you're too close. That's pretty <laughs> much it. Uh, just uh, real quick, uh, as always, you can email us uh, at rendersbrothers, renderosbrothers at gmail.com. Find us on anchor.fm slash the renderos bros. It'll give you all the links out there. Um, but I just want to give a quick thing to uh, one of my favorite shows. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, they have just one. been renewed for their 15th season. Oh, nice. And that will make them the longest running live action comedy in television history, which is great. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, the the show that had the the longest run before them was The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, which I have never heard of in my life. Same here. What so is I, it? I imagine it's a black and white television show that existed and I'm sure for the time when people watched a lot of TV, like it was a big deal, but no longer. Now it is it's well, always sunny. Shout out to uh Rob McElhenney, Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, and uh um, Caitlin Olson, Caitlin Olson, Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito, and that Danny, entire crew. Yes, awesome. I mean, every single one of them. Yeah, oh, man, I mean, ama- just amazing, amazing crew. Yeah, and so you know, I just want to give them a congratulations for being Artemis too. I don't know her <laughs> character, but she made me laugh. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like, we live in a whole, and we've mentioned this time and time again, and I, I'm not going to stop mentioning it. Like, we have built this together we can only make it together this bickering and fighting like really the fight is with the people in power the people who are not willing to reach out and give you that helping hand that you're going to need through one of the toughest times that we live in yes when you have mitch mcconnell talking about he doesn't want to extend unemployment benefits past july 31st to help you the average person survive in this new unknown frontier but he wants to keep propping up corporations that pay zero dollars in taxes yeah. because of all the tax benefits and breaks that they get for quote-unquote well, creating wealth. Ask that fucking guy how much he's struggling right now, and I bet he will say, I'm not. He's not. He's not. He's that made, motherfucker's eating steak dinners every fucking night. He's, he's, he's made quite a living for himself. Yeah, I bet. I uh, bet. You know, but we're the fucking fools that yeah. are fucking... Allowing this shit to continue to happen, we gotta do something, man. You know, the, the, the one day, one the, day. The thing is, is that when people talk about like voting, they always talk about like, what can my one voice do? You're basically letting them know how you feel about the system and what rules you want in place. And it's your job as a citizen of this country to be well informed. I'm not talking about like, you know, follow your echo chamber or whatever. I'm not saying like, oh well, I'm only gonna listen to MSNBC or I'm gonna listen to Fox. There are there are plenty of ways to find your information and see how it fits with you morally and systematically for me to be the opposite end of that um what incentive does it show the normal uh normal people like me and you everyday people what incentive does it show us or give us when when we feel as if they're taking our vote 
and when it gets to the higher up, they're telling us to fuck off, essentially. What is that? What is that? I, I, I'm just trying to understand it. Right. At that point in time, my whole thing is, like, then it becomes more about not just the voting, but the being involved with the process, right? Finding and and moving within whatever collective organization that you want to belong to about finding people who are really going to go into the system yeah. and start making those changes from the inside out. That's the difficult part. I think the, the voting part is probably the easiest in being the – okay, so it goes – It's probably voting. easiest and people still don't fucking do don't it. Don't do it. So voting is probably the easiest thing in the world. Takes three to five minutes. Yeah. I swear to God. Oh, yeah, I know. Now, the research for the shit can take, you know, anywhere depending on how complicated things are, a couple of days or a couple of hours. Unless but- – Unless you have a fucking smart brother and you, hey, fool, what are your picks? Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and then after that, it's more about, like, finally, like, organizing within the community. You know, um, you have people who they write Wait, letters. Wait, smart brother and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. They, you know, you have people who write letters to their, you know, their uh, their congressperson, representative, make phone calls, go to ta- town hall meetings. They, they participate in the system. So in that way, people are held to the rules and stuff. And then when it comes time to elect, if they're not working for you, right, like Diane Feinstein in California, she has been for some time seen as somebody who is starting to look like she doesn't care about the general person. And there's a lot of criticisms that have been levied against her. I'm not saying, like, I don't hate Diane Feinstein, but there's a lot of things that she's done that I don't agree with. And so, uh-huh. therefore, like, when it comes down to the next person who challenges them, like, I got to look into that person and be like, is this the person who can really challenge her to try to take her Democratic seat? And a lot of Democrats will say, well, like, well, you know, she's been there so long. She's an authority figure, which I also understand. But if it's not working out and there's a lot of complaints being levied, then she's got to go. Yeah. And, and, you know, and like I said, like, for now, she's there. And But um, you're right. You're right about uh, people having to get involved. Uh, recently, uh, our own father told us, told me that he got involved calling uh, his Congress uh, person or whatever the flying fuck. I can't remember right now. Uh, he forgot who exactly was yeah, calling? Yeah, I, I can't remember. He knew who it was. He told me the name and everything. But he told me that uh, he kept he, call, he called like four or five times complaining that their street had not been clean. He's like, well, I'm not, I don't live in Beverly Hills, but if I go to Beverly Hills, I said, those guys are paying the same, same taxes and their streets are clean. How come mines aren't? And then about within the two days, here came the street sweeper and cleaned up the whole fucking block, yo. And that's the thing. You have to call. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we... No, that's when, what I mean, though. It's when, true. So when, whoever's listening, moved, it's true. You got you to be uh, involved 100%. When, when we moved into this house, the street light right here in the corner did not turn on. I called. I said, yo, you guys got to fix this. And yeah. they came a week later and fixed it. But they fixed it. Yeah, you just got to stay involved. The, the thing gotta is, stay involved. You, you have to really be part of the system. The system can only work if you're putting in the work. That's there's right. A, there's a responsibility here. And we're getting to the point now where people are becoming very frustrated with how the system's operating. So what are you going to do about it? I'm talking to you. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, and if uh, you're lucky enough. <laughs> I like that. What are you going to do about it? That's right. That's right. Be involved. That's right. You want to do it. something about it? You want to do something about it? You're going to go to freestufffinder.com. You're going to look up Pizza Hut, and you're going to get a free medium pizza. God damn it. They got a redemption code right now. Free pizza for a free medium pizza for anybody that goes on it for the 2020 graduates, and you don't even have to be a graduate. All you got to do is go on that website, freestufffinder.com, exactly how that's spelled. If you don't know how to spell, uh, get a book. Or, uh, you know, put it in your phone, and it'll tell you if put it's it, correct or not. Put it in your thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> But you can get a free pizza, so you know, just trying to hook up the uh, hook up anybody else that's uh, that's listening to this, 
and it's over on the 26th. So you got actually the 28th. So you got two days. I'm sorry. Today's the 26th. You got, you got one day because it's going up on Wednesday. Oh, well, there you go. You're fucked. <laughs> Hurry up and get it. Use it. Um, all right, guys. Uh, that's going to be the end for us this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us ramble and rave and complain. Yeah, glad and, you guys checked in and, uh, uh, and uh, listened to us bullshit. Don't forget to review us on uh, Apple's podcast app or anywhere you can any, review us. Yeah, any, Follow uh, us. Tell your friends. I any want- uh, any uh, uh, platform that you use to listen to your fine podcasts, please just subscribe. And if you could take just a minute or two just to write a review, uh, uh, something short, something long, whatever you think, we are more than open to criticism. And we ex- accept it fully because we want to, you know, be, get better at this shit, of course. And also, another thing, I want to challenge you guys for, for you to tell three of your friends about the podcast. Let them know. Pretty Let them know. Uh, you know what? Uh, that may, gives me an idea. I'm going to do a giveaway one of these days. We're going to do a giveaway to see to, 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 to these people that are listening to it and see who exactly is listening to it and stuff like that and see if we can get this giveaway going. It's, I'm going to try to think of something good. All right. So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, stay tuned. Again, anchor.fm slash the Renderos bros, uh, B-R-O-S, uh, Renderos. You find us, you like us, you love us, let us know. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see yeah, you next. Take it easy.